Hi, welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Lauren Severus of Love Recruitment, Love Care Recruitment. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about and give you advice on your career. I want you to be able to take something from these next 30 minutes that you can take into your next interview, your next recruitment process that's really going to help, generally help you to, to become better at the career process. So hopefully you enjoy, um, hope you subscribe and we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Today's guest is Neil Randall, friend of love recruitment, industry leader. Neil has progressed from a professional sporting background into the fitness industry starting out as a personal trainer for Holmes Place, progressing consistently through leadership roles to become the CEO of Anytime Fitness UK. His insights on career development, on mentorship and learning are fantastic. So take notes and I hope you enjoy it. Once again, Neil, thanks for joining us. Yeah, pleasure to, pleasure to be with you. Absolutely. We'll jump straight into the first question. So, if you don't mind, tell us just briefly about your career so far. Uh, okay, so my career started uh, back in the late nineties. I, I finished well. I finished playing cricket. Um, that was like you know I, I was always a sportsman, um, yeah. and, and anything we talk about pre my my working life will all be centered around sport. Uh, I finished playing uh, a relatively privileged um, time at Hampshire. I, I got to to play with a lot of international. Uh, stars um which, which was great and but i but i realized very quickly i wasn't going to be an international cricketer and for me uh, you know i've always been very driven and very passionate about being the best i could be and whilst i was good i, I was pretty pretty real with myself that i wasn't going to be that good and so i kind of made the decision that i didn't want to be 30 35 and potentially looking for another career uh, outside of sport um if that was how far i would go so i made the decision to to, to get into working life. Uh, I graduated um, from Southampton Uni. I graduated with a sports science degree and a psychology degree. Uh, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, to, to be perfectly honest. So I, I started personal training. Uh, I went in uh, to then Holmes Place, uh, my local Holmes Place, which was relatively new. Uh, and I just thought, you know, what, I'm just going to go and enjoy some work over the back part of the year and kind of get to the get to the new year and see what happens. And you know, the rest they say is history because, uh, you know, I fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with uh, helping other people, um, something I was passionate about, which was health, fitness, strength, well-being, all those types of things. Um, and it really escalated from there. So I kind of did, as I say to people, I, I've pretty much done most roles in the industry outside of highly specialized roles. Right. So I started off as a PT. I did classes. I cleaned treadmills, toilets pool sides, you name it, I've kind of done it. Uh, I did then general management. I then did kind of a little bit of work with kind of HR and L&D. I did a bit of work with product. Um, and then I, at that point, I kind of left the Holmes Place Street Virgin Active uh, group and I went to LA Fitness where I took on portfolios. So then I kind of went into remote management. So regional director, uh, managed a couple of portfolios of clubs with LA for a period of time. And then as the kind of transition happened between LA and Pure Gym, I stepped kind of out of the industry to some degree, but but stayed kind of close-ish to it when I went to work for Go Mama. So I went to work in a 
sort of a quasi startup, really, um, a brand that had been going for a little while, an owner, entrepreneur that had got it to a point where didn't really know how to scale it or what to do with kind of people and operations. And so wanted a, a COO to come in and, and to, to bring that together, which is what I did. And I did that for about three years in the end. Mm. Uh, and at that point, I then got approached by, by Anytime. Uh, and I joined the Anytime business uh, back in March of 2018. I joined to firstly look after sales and marketing, uh, sales being sales of the franchise rather than consumer side sales. Uh, and then that escalated into COO and then on to, to CEO. And I took over as CEO uh, on, on the 1st of April 2020. So literally as lockdown hit. So there's always a stop tour of where I am. <laughs> That's an amazing <laughs> summary. There's one theme I'll probably come back to later on. Um, but in terms of, is there a single piece of advice as in your best career advice you'd give at this early stage of this process? In terms of your best career advice you'd give to somebody, what would it be? Uh, be patient. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you, your career is long. And if you rush, you, you'll probably end up making poor, poorer decisions. Uh, there is no shortcut to, to a great career. Um, I, I see this really often in, in the recruitment process as a recruiter. You know, you'll see someone that's quite new out of university or graduation and they come in feeling like they can take on the world. And that's great. It's great to have that hunger, right? And it's great to have that, that backing and belief, but you haven't got that worldly experience. You haven't seen the challenges, the pitfalls, mm. the areas that potentially fall over. You, you can't substitute a qualification for experience. Yeah. And, uh, and I just see people that just don't have uh, a lot of patience, right? So they get at your feet. Um, they go in and they do a role for six months and they expect to be promoted. It's that yeah. type of stuff. So I think be patient, but also be humble um, as well. You know, you, you have to realize that um, there are, there's always going to be someone that knows more than you. There's always going to be somebody that has a different perspective to you. And all those things are positive things if you can channel them in the right way. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest kind of piece of advice in the early stage I'd probably give you. Would you align patience with planning? Because even your first answer you said about with the cricket, you saw it probably wouldn't end up being the type of career you wanted to. So you almost started to plan what else that was going to be. So patience ties in with planning what your next steps are going to be. Have you always kind of done that in your career? So um, you'll be surprised to say no, not, okay. not hugely. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be the best that I can be. Mm. But at that early stage, I didn't know what that was. Mm. You know, you, you come into a career having graduated and, and okay, there's a lot more accessibility to information and today than there probably was when I was graduating, right? You know, online, the digital side of things is so much more prevalent than it was back then. So you can, you, you're probably a little bit more learned than I was back then. I, I didn't know what a CEO role was, but I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't really know. It felt a long way yeah. off. So for me, my planning was really on, well, what can I do next? Right. And what do I need to do to earn the right yeah. to do that? One of the key things which you'll, you'll probably pull out a couple of times as we chat today is that it, it's actually, I haven't really actually applied for many roles mm. in my career. Uh, roles have actually found me. Um, and that comes down to always kind of having that thought process that I have to be the best of what I am. Not that competitive that it's at the risk or at the detriment of other people. In fact, completely the opposite. It, it's about how you bring people with you um, and you make each other successful together. And I think that along with kind of my relationship building skills and the way that I communicate with people, it's, it, I've always kind of been picked out as, right, okay, would you be willing to go and do this? So 
there's been an element of planning in the sense of, right, what do I need to do in my current role to give myself the right or earn the right to be able to be looked at for something else? A lot of the things which have come to me haven't been by design, but have been by, would you consider going and taking this project on for us or this role? And you kind of give it some thought and you have put a bit of perspective on it and you go, actually, do you know what? This could actually give me a really good uh, set of experience in this area, which I haven't got right now. Uh, and building all those little micro experiences kind of builds your style. Mm. Uh, and for me, I think the breadth of all of those things across different functions, different businesses has given me what I've needed to be a really good CEO. Because yeah. to be a good CEO, you've got to have so many skills. Absolutely. Not specialisms necessarily. You always have one or two specialisms built, built into you based on where you started. But you have to be able to wear all hats, but not specialise in them. Yeah. Um, and so that's all those things I think have built me to where I am today. And also why I had the aspiration of being a CEO, because I love dipping into all of those areas. Nice. Um, I really enjoy on one day really focusing on marketing and branding then the next day thinking about organizational design and how you you know you drive your people plan to the next level or how you solve an operational challenge by rolling your sleeves up i, I love the variation of that, that yeah. the ceo role brings yeah um, so there must have been opportunities have present been presented to you over the years obviously you've said yes to this that's then shaped your career equally there must be ones that you maybe have said no to that help shape your career as well have you almost learned how do you make how have you how have you almost known what the right decision is to make at those junctures? It's a really good question because I, I don't know that you necessarily ever know. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, and depending on what the context is, if you're doing it within your own organisation, there's probably a little bit more that you'll know about what that challenge might hold or, you know, where the stakeholders are or maybe where the political boundaries lie. If you're doing it in a new organisation, I don't think you really truly ever know because you can do research on a brand, you can do research on a person, a leader, a CEO. But until you actually sit in front of them or you're working with them in all of the different situations that will arise, yeah. you don't know how they are when they're under stress. You don't know how they are when things are absolutely going fantastically well. You only learn that by being in the environment. So you have to be willing to take a risk to some degree as well. I wouldn't say I've necessarily turned down many things that have been presented to myself internally in organizations. Yeah. I've said no to a lot of things that have come to me from outside, but mainly not necessarily down to the fact that I've given them a lot of thought. I've just not been in a place where I've wanted to leave where I've currently been. Yeah. So, you know, as I see here today, I mean, I get approaches all the time. Yeah. I don't, I just sort of say thanks, but no thanks. I'm actually happy. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's another thing that I've always kind of driven myself by all the time. I'm happy. I'm all in. Yeah. If that change is, that's when I think, okay, now's the time to maybe explore something else. Um, all the time, happy and content. I want to drive it as far as I can drive it yeah. um, and stay in it. How you've made those decisions, I think, is a really useful thing for people to listen to and hear from this today. Is there a single biggest reason your development and progression has obviously been huge from a personal trainer to CEO? Is there a single biggest reason that you can identify for your progression? What's the key? Uh, I think a couple of things. Uh, be able to build great relationships with people. That, that's, I think, a key strength. Whether that's, again, whether that's come from my sporting background, I, I honestly couldn't put my finger on it. I think it probably does. Um, but that, that's a, a big thing. I, I like to get on with all types of people. Uh, I don't like to have difficult relationships, strained relationships. Um, that, that, for me, is something I try and avoid at all costs. I don't like regrets. I don't like vendettas. I just think they're, they, they cause unnecessary 
time drains and unnecessary emotion. So I always try and find a really good kind of point of commonality or relationship with people. The second thing is empathy. Um, things go wrong. Um, and, I, and I emphasize empathy rather than sympathy. Because empathy is something which I think is lacking in a lot of people. And it's, it's, the, it's one of the things which holds people back is having to be able to have empathy. They're kind of light or dark. And there's no kind of a piece in between. Um, you can't always be high fives, um, you know, and, and happy clappy. And equally, you can't be a buster at the same time the other end. You yeah. know, you have to be able to do both of those things in, at certain points. But you have to live in the middle. And people need to know how how you're going to react in a situation. So the third thing is people knowing where you are. Okay. So the worst thing, particularly when you get higher up the chain, is being viewed as unpredictable. You know, and it's the big thing which can drive culture in a forward direction or backwards. Completely right. Agree. If people don't know how you're going to react and respond to a certain situation, what happens is they don't trust you. They don't trust you. They won't share with you. Yeah. They won't be open with you. So you miss a load of cues that could actually change the a decision making process, yeah. which could thus impact speed of making a really key decision in business. So it always starts with with kind of the, the people, the attitude, how you are, how you are seen by other people um, as a first starting point. Yeah. Then you can get into the minutiae of process systems you know and all those other things performance and and everything but it all starts with how you are as a person i think it's just amazing advice if someone who's thinking about what they need to start to do to help their progression to start with the relationships is so important to surround yourself with the right type of people you have the ability to create that when you have your business when you have your own teams but on the way up being that person for someone else to mm. be that that is that important role in that team in terms of empathy etc it's also about almost when you be, being the person for your team that telling people what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear sometimes mm. in an empathetic kind way mm. but telling them what they need to hear we, we talk about that a lot here yeah also basically always being focused on what's true not yeah. what you think or yeah. what you hope to be true what actually is true because if you stick to that you're honest to people and i think people respect that yeah definitely um, agree which actually leads on to a really leads on to this question really well because this is a my answer to this is always um about people being honest with you but who who has had the biggest influence on your career and why and oh, tell us about them crikey there, there are loads of people and, and and i actually reflected on this question ahead of time because yeah. I, I find this one quite hard to 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 answer and i'll okay. explain why my style and the way i've built my style is is really broad um i haven't held my hat or my hopes on one person's style or yeah. one you know, one management book that kind of, you know, I, I view as a gospel. Um, I, I've really tried to take micro um, motivations or directions from from lots of people that have, uh, have come across my career. And I'll summarize them just, so, you know, to give you a perspective on things. In my early days, um, the person that, that I really aspired to be like was Christian Mason. You know, at the time he was the, he was the kind of head of academy at Holmes Place. The academy was where you wanted to be. You wanted to be a regional fitness manager. That was the aspiration. And, and at the time, you were looking at the likes of Rob Beale, mm. Carl McCartney, Lee Brandon, Mick Hudson, yeah. Vicky Mahoney. You know, anyone that's been around the industry for a while will know all of those names. Absolutely. And they're all in different roles across the industry today. Those are the, those are the people that everyone at that level and time aspired to be like. So at the first piece, he gave me my first probably most fundamental piece of advice, which was, to move up the chain, you almost need to make yourself redundant in the role that you're in, i.e. is your team good enough 
to survive and to run when you're not there right so that was the that was a big moment for me um and and it really stuck with me for a long while because you know for me it's it's all very well being good enough but the problem is if you if you walk out of a role and everything you've built falls down afterwards have you really built it well enough so that was probably one of the first people that kind of had an impact uh, on what I do and, and how I was. Um, I think if I move kind of b- beyond that, um, getting into kind of um, you know, the LA fitness days, that was that was a big iron with me. It was a completely different business. I'd gone from Virgin Active and Home Space, which is all about service standards people, to LA, which was a hugely commercial business. It was all about driving sales, revenue, top line performance, league tables and all of those type of things and some people naturally like that some people really dislike it but it, it really built a huge part of my style and in, in those days you had people like martin long Ma- martin is someone that i have i just have a, a huge res- respect for even today uh, i still i'm in contact with him all the time he's someone i wouldn't hesitate to work for again Absolutely. you know in in the future and and the reason for that is he was just honest when he was when he he was not happy with performance you knew it but it wasn't that he was making it so bad that you you felt like you needed to resign it was like okay this isn't good enough what are we going to do about it type thing and then you were motivated to go do something about it yeah but on the other side he was just a human being right you could have a great conversation with him about anything sport you know obviously we're both big golfers we love golf yeah. you can do all those things and, and and it was one of the big things which actually is is kind of not not a regret of mine but just working more closely with him. Yeah, uh, I would have loved to have done a lot more more closely with Martin. I think he could have he could have added some other elements to my to my style. Um, but other people in that in those days, you know, Peter Harrington, um, yeah. you know, Bryn Bryn Taylor, you know, all these people, Eve mm. um, at Pure Gym, Absolutely. all these people at that time were just people that we we all got on. We we all kind of really hustled hard to drive that business forward, and right. um, we still look back now and go, crikey, we were. You were probably punching above our weight at that time, unbeknownst to us maybe at the time, but you appreciate it more when you're yeah. on the other side. Um, then obviously then then Luke at Mammoth, you know, he 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 was he he injected me into an area that I've never really come across before, which was real entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, a guy that was truly entrepreneurial, uh, had come out of kind of um accountancy practice. Uh so it were I think it was PwC he was at. Uh and then his family were all quite entrepreneurial, so they all had little different businesses and Luke had started up mammoth like social yeah. sports, you know, using um, school facilities that are dead out after school, helping school make money, but driving a business that keeps people healthy and socializing and happy was incredible. And in that I had to learn quick, right? I needed to be an executional marketer. I needed to roll my sleeves up. I needed to go and umpire sometimes, you know, whatever. Um, but in doing that was building systems, you know, building a back end um tech platform for reporting and mm. uh getting member feedback and things like that from from scratch it, it drove areas of my skill set experience i'd never known before because you've never been exposed to it yeah. in those bigger businesses um so that was kind of luke just an incredibly driven passionate no we can do this we'll find it there is a solution we just need to find it um and that was that was just an incredible experience um and then now you know you know at, at, at um, any time you know there were there are so many people that have impacted me you know chuck and dave you know the founders i mean they're just incredibly inspiring people you know they've built a, they've built a brand from one site to five thousand store global chain it's a phenomenal story i mean it's incredible um 
you know, when you read their book, Love Work, it, it's it's an incredible read because it really kind of tells you how they've gone on their journey. And, and they're very honest about the mistakes they've made and all those types of things. They're really quite humble guys. Uh, but also Andy, you know, yeah. our chairman, you know, he's given me opportunities. He's been a really good coach. Um, again, just a, a just a, a good human being. Like, you know, you can have just a good conversation with the guy. And that's how I kind of, that's what gets the best out of me. And that's, I think, what gets the best out of people for and with me yeah is probably adopting that similar approach yeah so those are probably yeah, just no, no, stop tours of my it's it's a fantastic <laughs> answer you've for me what I've, what I've taken from that is you've taken a lot from different types of leaders but it's common themes that seem to run through each of them honestly clarity good people mm. seem to be the common theme mm. that runs through all of those yeah absolutely um Failure, let's look at the flip side almost. Mm. Failure and disappointment is a big part mm. of any career. I've had, I'm sure you have, I'm sure we'll hear a story in a minute. What would you describe as your biggest disappointment, failure, regret so far in, in your career so far? That you've learned, <laughs> you've learned, you've learned Again, you? lots of micro answers to this. Well, my first one is not 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 being a better cricketer. Yeah, you know, I was gutted <laughs> about that, really, frankly, and I laugh about it now. Just wish you just a little bit I just better. I wish I was just a little bit better. You know, I was literally years away from the first biggest biggest Ashes win of our time, and I would have loved to have not been necessarily been in the England team, but just be around it at that time. So that was my kind of first one, but that, that learnt me a lot. You know, it, it, to, again to be humble. Yeah. You know, you're around people that were just way better than you, and you just have to accept it. Okay, I work hard. I was a grafter. I wasn't someone that would go out when we were on away trips for four nights, getting you know, going going out on the beers. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. I was back in my room. I was like super dedicated, but in doing that, I still wasn't quite. I just wasn't quite good enough, and that that was the first humbling for me. You know, okay, I've just got to accept it. I've tried. I've done my best. I've gone as far as I can go. You did. You you had feedback, <laughs> not yeah. vocally, but the yeah. feedback was you weren't good enough. Yeah. You accepted. You were big yeah. enough to accept that. Yeah. And move past it. Yeah. Okay. So so that was the first one. The second one, and it's a fundamental point. And I've I've, I've talked about this a load of times. I I went for the regional fitness manager role twice, and I failed twice. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the role twice. And, and in my in my honest opinion, people got it that weren't as good as me, weren't delivering as good results as me. So that was tough. Yeah. You know, but I didn't. Throw my toys out of the pram. Yeah. I didn't resign and leave. I got my head down. I said, mm. okay, cool. Maybe that's not my path. Maybe I'm going down a different path and yeah. I ended up in general management. Yeah. <laughs> so so unarguably, I kind of stepped above it Yeah. Um. You know, in that way. So maybe it was a, just a, a learning point to be more patient and to be more tenacious. Absolutely. It ties in with what you said earlier. Uh, so I was never a regional fitness manager. So I, I said at the beginning, I, I really aspired to be a Vicky Mahoney, a, yeah. you know, a, a Carl McCartney, et cetera. And I never got to be that. So that was that was a difficult one for me to take, but then led to a really a, a much better place for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they were they were significant failures, and I think that the learnings from each of those have just taken me uh, on. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily put my finger on any real significant failures outside of that. There've been lots of micro failures, and yeah. I would say micro challenges that I've responded, but nothing like hugely fundamental. Nice. That I would say, sit back and go, oh crikey. Um, you know, there'll be lots that I'm, I'm sure that if I was really microanalyze it, I could say, yeah. oh, maybe that was. But I, I don't like to overanalyze either yeah. because, again, you get into kind of analysis paralysis and then you spend all your time focusing on the past and not thinking about the future. Yeah. Um, so that, the, the other thing that I try and do is get over it quickly. You know, you, you always yeah, have that yeah. kind of change curve, grief curve, yeah. you know, um, whatever. But you have to try and get through that as quickly as you can because, and it, particularly in a leadership role, you know, if you suffer a, a failure or a challenge or whatever, people around you are looking for your strength and your guidance and if you can't pick yourself up your team are only going to follow 
you know it really is as simple as that so you have to also take some responsibility to get yourself through that change curve do what you need to do because everyone goes through it differently yeah. and they have different uh points that help them to to get over it for yeah. me it sounds sounds silly but i, I have to go in a hot bath if yeah. i can have a hot bath <laughs> i can clear my head i can just get out of stuff for a second i can sweat it out or a sauna whatever yeah. i don't i don't have one of those in my house um but you know i can do that i can get over things quickly and i can bounce back um everyone will have their little thing yeah so you, that's your mechanism for yeah. being able to move past things quite pull, i pull myself away uh my wife's a good barometer mm. you know for me she, she'll she absolutely batters me in a good way you, you you're withdrawing what's what's on your mind she knows the moment stuff's getting on me she knows because i just i go silent i shut down so I, I have to go and pull away so go and have a workout whatever you know okay. she'll around you yeah she, she knows she knows me she knows me too well um you know and and so you, but you do need those good people around you you need your network of people yeah, yeah. that can just say a word or give you a nod or give you a look you go okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay got to snap out of it mate you know and and that's that's yeah that's that's been a key a key guide for me absolutely my wife did the exact same thing for me and my two work wives do, do, yeah. do that for me as well so I'm sure Today's podcast is sponsored by Share the Love. Share the Love is our way of making a difference. For every placement we make with love recruitment or love care recruitment, we plant 50 trees. To find out more, head to our Share the Love section of one of our websites. So in terms of learnings, what is the, the, the book platform influencer podcaster whichever you want to choose that you would recommend you're allowed up to three <laughs> i knew you were going to say this and uh anyway well you, you know me well enough to know three, challenging me yeah, with exactly. a minimum number <laughs> exactly. uh, is, is we've difficult. had many conversations over I, the I i i uh, I, do, I do take a lot of influences like micro influences from a yeah. lot of different areas um look i do i do listen to podcasts but i don't listen to them exclusively i do read books mostly management books if you want to call it that yeah. um but i don't always necessarily read them cover to cover I, I pick out key themes or key areas that might help me um so I'll, I'll definitely come back to that um they're probably the two kind of main areas that, that i would probably delve into so I'll, I'll give you some examples of some of them um in a second um uh, i do I, I do like meeting lots of people as well like i i generally I generally have a real big network of people yeah. um, and I like to go and meet people and just chat, chat with them, you know, and, and learn from them. I, I think face to face, eyeball to eyeball that you can't, yeah. you can't replicate that. And again, in, in a non, uh, a non-structured setting, right? Yeah. So you, you've not gone there with an agenda. Absolutely. You've just gone there to have a conversation yeah. and that kind of plays on the relationship piece. But from a book perspective, uh, I, I absolutely love um, the, the the classic, you know, the um, Seven Habits yeah. by Stephen Covey. That was the first book I ever probably got into. It was the first recommendation I ever had. Uh, I still go back to it today. Um, that that book I I absolutely love. I read that when I was sports. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I absolutely love that book. Um, from a podcast perspective, um, again, I, I I like Work Life by Adam Grant. Yeah. Um, so Adam Grant's an, an organizational psychologist. Okay. Um, he just has an incredible star. I, I would re genuinely recommend the Work Life podcast. It, it's a, it's every podcast takes you on a journey. Um, it's not just a, an interview. He's bringing other people in, you know, and all that. Stuff. It, it's a really, really interesting series. I'd, I'd highly recommend listening to that. From an influencer point of view, I've always loved Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, and and a lot of people don't. 
but I, I like, let me contextualize why I like him. Um, I love what he's, I love his energy. Um, yes, he's vivacious. Yes, he's in your face. He can be crude and, and crass at times to his own admittance. But you can't take away from the fact this guy came over as an immigrant. Yeah. Helped his dad build a business from scratch when he was young. Didn't care about things or tangible assets, if you want to call it that. He cared about just being successful. And he's now built just some incredible businesses with an aspiration to buy the Jets. Yeah, he does. You know, so I I just, I love his, his view, empathy, patience, you know, being humble, you know, don't be afraid to fail. You know, he says that all the time. Why? Well, I I don't care if if people, I want people to win. Mm. I I don't care if I lose. I just want people to win. You know, he shares content freely. Uh, That's the, I just love all that stuff. So he's, he's my go-to. If I'm going through a period where I need to rationalize something or something's sticking in my head, I'll just go and listen to couple of his podcasts not anything specific just his energy and just something about him just gets me pumped again and i just go for it resonates massively with both myself and kieran is also in the room right now mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. kieran's first week we 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 summarize crushing it his book together oh, yes. and a lot of the principles behind yeah. crushing it where he talks about the themes of yeah. of, of of caring with intent a mm. lot of that comes into what we mm. try to do with our marketing as well. I'm a big fan of this. Well, it is. And, and also, if you if you then consider some of his principles, jab, jab, right hook, yeah. right, is people go in to ask for business too quickly. They don't spend enough time building relationships and understanding what people need. You know, yeah. it's, it's the one that he's failing in our industry, salespeople. Yeah, absolutely. They either think they can go in two, two seconds and close a sale, uh, or if someone gives them an objection, I was like, okay, well, I'm yeah. done. Can't, yeah. can't sell. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's you know you have to do you have to put little jabs in. You've got to work it out. You can't go in for the killer punch straight away. Absolutely. Uh, so I just love the principles and the, and the way he contextualizes things. It's just nice. nice. I'm also a big fan, so definitely recommend that to everybody as well. Tell me if you don't mind hmm. your top interview tip and one that you'd give to candidates and one for businesses hmm. recruiting right now. Have maybe how they can recruit better going okay. forward. Uh, there will be some similarities between this answer. As a candidate, I think you don't overthink the process. The, f- the first and most important thing, and, and this is giving you a tip if you're ever sitting in front of me, the first and most important thing you can do is, is, is build rapport. If I can't sit and have a really natural flowing conversation with you, it's probably not going to go much further. Um, I, I just, I have to be able to get on with somebody. It doesn't matter what level of business you're working at. I, I have to be able to get on with you. I have to be able to have a good conversation with you. I can't feel that there's always an, an alternative agenda or an alternative what, you know, way that you're going in terms of your thing. I can't, I can't do that. Well, and I do. Maybe, maybe it is a sixth sense. Maybe yeah. I've done it so much yeah. that it, it's a bit um, sort of unconsciously no, I competent. I don't yeah. know. But that's, that's hugely important. Um, I think... When I say I don't overanalyze, don't don't go into doing so much research that you come in with arbitrary statistics. It just looks fake for me. I, I, and and then the third thing is be genuine. Yeah. Right. Most people, particularly at our level, have a pretty good BS filter. Uh, we know when people are BSing, frankly, and that's the yeah. You know, we're not always going to challenge someone in your first meeting yeah. on that. Some people will be that bold. Yeah. Uh, I'm not necessarily that way inclined, but it will just be a reason why you won't move forward with me. Yeah. So that's kind of the candidate side. From uh, from a, a recruiter side, I think you have to go in incredibly open minded. Um, I I do I do read CVs, um, but I don't hang all my hopes on a CV because someone can write whatever they want in a CV. Doesn't mean that's what you're going to get when they turn up. Uh, so again, my first my my process hasn't changed for a little while. You guys know it well. It's quite simple. My first one is it's a thirty minute coffee and chemistry session. 
that's point number one. You get through that, happy days. Yeah. Second one, let's delve into your career a little bit more. Let's understand what you're about, why you are where you are, why you're here, you know, looking at this potential opportunity. And then the last stage is, if I give you a task, how are you going to approach the task? Yeah. Right. And, and I generally do it that way. I don't make it crazy. I don't make people jump through hurdles because if you do that, people will always be thinking, oh, okay, you know, is this the right thing? For, I just, I just have a big thing about it. Um, and I know people probably fervently disagree with that, by the way, and, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I found a style that works for me and it, it doesn't often put me down a wrong path. Um, yeah. I've generally hired relatively well. You can't get a hundred percent of it right. That's just, you have to accept it. You're going to make some recruits that you think were great that don't end yeah. up being great. That's okay too. Um, so it's really interesting. So I'm sure you obviously you are incredibly conscious of this. You, process you described is almost the reverse mm. of what a textbook would say mm. you almost you the 30 minute culture gets it mm. that almost comes at the end of in many many cases yeah. but you do it right to start is that in the, the in the detail of the presentation almost comes later on which is most people start with that as their main filter mm. so you did you always have that process or have you over the years just evolved i've that? probably evolved it yeah whether consciously or unconsciously I, i've just again i found a style that works for me i think the reason i do it that way is is kind of simple Culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's a, it's a bit of a cliche term, but but it, in this case, it, it really does play out. You can have the most talented person that has the most experience in the room. If they can't get on with you and your team, it will never work. Yeah, That's a fact, because one or two things will happen. They will walk out or other people will start walking out and then you've got to rebuild everything from scratch. So you have to try and find some some match and some sensitivity and, and some connectivity with the team. So that's why I do it that way around. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of probably why I've landed that. I, th I think it, work, it works for us as well. We, for when we recruit for us, I first interview. Mm. So I'm just like, because that's the cultural thing. Yeah. I, 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 f I feel like maybe I've got mm. the sixth sense of that, that side of it as well. Yeah. So I'll do the first stage. Yeah. If, that's, if that goes well, then we get into can they fit, can they work into it, into whichever one of the teams that we have. Um, Coming back to um, the candidates and the theme that came from that for me was definitely about with the candidate coming to build a rapport, really focusing, can they, can they do that? But it's also being authentic. Mm. Your, your answer was perfect, but also makes me think of Tom's answer on, 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 the, on the pilot podcast is when he interviewed with me, what I loved most about him, he spoke about his family, mm. he spoke his ambition, where it. it came from, that authenticness came out. He wasn't on, he wasn't on show, he wasn't trying to give me an answer because he knew what I was like. It, I didn't really know each other. Mm. But that shone through, that mm. authenticness shone through. Yeah. Um, what on the flip side of, the, of that question? What's the worst interview trait that you have consistently seen? Not those really random ones, the funny stories that people tell each other. What's that consistent thing that you see that you, that that's a no no for you? That consistently, do you know what? Mm. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this question, okay. and it's really simple for me. As a recruiter. You have to accept you're not you aren't the key decision maker in this process. It's a two way process. I could want you, but if you don't want me, you're not accepting the job. Fair. That's it. Yeah. Case in point. So when you're sitting in an interview, you can't oversell a role, but you have to get people to understand what you're about, what the business is about, and give them access to other areas. So when we recruit in the latter stages of the process, the, the recruiters leave the room. And then they will have the chance to speak to other members of the team. So they can ask, actually, what is culture about? And they can, the people can ask, well, what are you about? And then the, the team will almost give you a steer as to does it feel right or not? So the, the thing I think people would do wrong is they think that they make, they are the decision maker in the process as the recruiter. They're not. 
it's almost the other way around. Okay. Um, and and I, I've always gone in with that thought process. You could be the best person, Lawrence, that I've ever interviewed for this job. But ultimately, if you don't like what I'm about, if you don't like what this business is about, you're not taking the job. Okay. And then I lose anyway. Great answer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it, it's super simple for me. That's a really, really good answer. And we'll finish off with, if someone is listening um, to this, what's, what's the one thing, I'd say one thing, because the book, The One Thing is amazing, mm. we talk about all the time. What's the one thing that you would want them to take away? Obviously, it's huge amount of information. <sighs> CEOs aren't born. You have to earn the right to be one. Okay. Uh, and you earn the right to be one by being patient, doing the right things, um, having the right attitude, building the right relationships with the right people, and keeping a really strong, connected network around you. Um, so, yeah, you have to you have to be willing to make sacrifices. I've made sacrifices, many sacrifices over over the years. I don't spend enough time with my kids, probably. I don't spend enough time with my wife, probably. I don't spend enough time with my friends, probably. But on the flip side of that, I love what I do. And when you love what you do, it's really hard to not do it. So when it's the choice between answering that email or taking that phone call, it's not that I'd rather do that than spend time with my kids, but that gives me the means to do more for my family and my kids. If I'm really successful at work, I can build a better life for my kids. So you have to be willing to make sacrifices if you want to make it to the very top. It, it really is that simple. Um, there aren't any shortcuts, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, people, you know, influencers will tell you there are. I'm really sorry. I have lived experience for 25 years and I'm telling you it doesn't happen. Patience, process, <laughs> hard work. Hard work, absolutely key. Neil, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute delight speaking to you. And um, we'll, speak, we'll see each other soon. Absolutely, pleasure. Thanks very much.